This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 28th, 2023. A work in progress, step by step. Good morning, Connection Church. Here in the sanctuary, there at home, wherever you might be. It's so good to be with you today. Amen? Amen. So this is our last last segment of our series of work in progress. And uh, this morning we'll be uh, looking at the fifth chapter of the book of Romans as we uh, progress step by step. Good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for being here. Hey, King Glover just walked in and he reminded us that he's graduated with two degrees from Temple. Congratulations. Hey, what were those? What were those degrees? Congratulations. Congratulations. Well, let's go ahead and open up with prayer. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made. You've given us another chance to take a breath and to be together. Help us not take any of that for granted. Help us realize that um, every day is a gift and we need to use each day each moment wisely help us be kind and gentle help us make make it count so right now lord i would ask for you to settle us in right where we are whether we're online whether we're right here remove any distractions so that we can be laser focused on you i pray this in jesus name Amen. 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 So today we are going to uh, speak out of the book of Romans. Romans is a tough book to study. And um, just a little background on Romans. It was written by the Apostle Paul around 57 AD, 57 after uh, Christ. And it was written in Corinth. You've heard of the book of Corinthians. That Corinth was a place that um, where he wrote it as he was preparing to go to Jerusalem to drop off a collection, or some verses say alms, for the poor. Well, he intended to go to Rome and then to Spain, but along the way, he was interrupted because he was arrested in Jerusalem. Now, Paul was arrested several times, and this was one of those times. He would eventually go to Rome as a prisoner. There was a lady named Phoebe. Phoebe was a follower of Jesus. You know, we have the the 12 disciples, but there were a lot of disciples of Jesus, followers of Christ. Phoebe was one of them. And Phoebe was a member of the church near Corinth, And most likely, it said that she carried the letter to the church at Rome. The letter introduces Paul. You know, I, Paul, come to you with some important stuff. Listen up. That's that's my words, not his. Um, But the overall theme of the book of Romans is righteousness. We talk about righteousness a lot. Righteousness. It is in the form of a letter, but not a typical letter like we would read in some of the other books like to Thessalonians or Galatians. And um, this is where Paul carefully lays out about faith, his statement of faith. Mm. 
So chapter 5, which we'll be looking at today, it offers some uh, kind of challenging concepts that taken step by step lead us closer in a relationship with God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We're reminded here of the two-sided reality of the Christian life. On the one hand, we are complete, we are justified, we are accepted fully by Jesus, thanks to his blood on the cross. But on the other hand, we are still growing in Christ as we draw closer, becoming more and more Christ-like as we, as we go. We feel both the presence of Jesus and the pressure of sin. We enjoy that peace that passes all understanding that we talk about so often, yet we still face daily problems that often help us to grow. Remembering these two sides of the, of the Christian faith, the Christian life, we will not become discouraged as we face these challenges if we learn to depend uh, not on ourselves, but if we learn to depend on God's Holy Spirit. Say Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. On the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit power that's available to us, God's gift to every single believer. So let's jump right into chapter 5. And by the way, you know, today we're talking about Romans, but in this next month of June, we're going to do a whole series on some passages in Romans. So we're really excited to dive into the book of Romans. All right, Romans 5 verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since you have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Mm. So in order to make, first, uh, uh, make sense out of that first word in, in, in chapter 5, that, that word therefore, you know, that's a word that's a kind of a transition word. That's a word that says this and then this, blah, 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 therefore. So we've got to go back. Back to the last verse in the previous chapter, verse 25, back in chapter 4, where we read this. He, Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. So what this is saying is that Jesus died for us, for our sin, that he was resurrected, rose from the tomb on the third day, and in order, he did this in order to make us right, justified. If you're thinking about um, a newspaper, you, you know, it's all lined up. So to help us align with God in the sight of God. Therefore, since we have been justified or made right before God, not because of anything that we did, but because we have faith in Jesus and the resurrection, we have peace with God. The peace that brings calmness, the peace that brings tranquility, no matter what's going on around us, that peace. And even more um, than this, God brings about the peace of being reconciled with him, to be connected to him, to be brought back into relationship with him. We talked about this last week with the vine and the branches and pruning 
with a purpose. In the Life Application Study Bible, um, there's a Romans 5 footnote, and it says that this peace means no hostility stands between us and God, that there's no sin that blocks our relationship with him. Again, that's not a result of anything that we've done, but it's because Jesus has paid the price for us. And because of that, we can find peace because we are confident. As Paul says in these first verses, we can boast in the hope of the glory of our God. So we pick up uh, and repeat that second half of verse 3 again, and then leads us into 4 and 5, this new international version. Here we go. And, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. We also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And so we come to what I would say is the real meat here of what we're talking about this morning, the step-by-step progression in us as we work in progressing in the sight of God. So let's uh, take a look at this uh, verse three. (laughs) We glory in our sufferings. That's kind of an oxymoron, right? Glory in our sufferings. But let's take a look at this. In the first century Rome, Christianity was the exception. It was not the norm. So if you were a Christian, you could pretty much guarantee that there was some suffering going on. But in the suffering, they were still glorifying God. You know, I glorify God in my suffering. You could expect that. Now, today in our culture, we are a generation or two from kind of a a Christian time, and we too may be more of a minority than the majority. Christ, following Christ, is not necessarily the popular thing to do. So there may be, I'm not saying the suffering the same level as what these uh, Christians way back but there could be some persecution. There could be some suffering in this. And it's important to accept and acknowledge that we do have different beliefs, but we don't need to hurt each other because of that, but to care for one another. Again, in the footnote in our Life Application Bible, um, it says this, in the future, we will become but until then, we must overcome. In the future, we will become, but until then, we must overcome. We will face sufferings, or we are facing sufferings, challenges, and difficulties, but we can rejoice in the sufferings if we allow them to help us grow in our relationship with God. Some of my biggest growth spurts with God has been during times where I've been, my heart has been hurting. I've been suffering. There's been stuff going on around me. You know, when things are like, oh, everything perfect, I find myself not quite as dependent as I should be. And I know I can grow 
in my suffering and use that. Um, I make a choice to say, okay, God, what are you teaching me in the suffering? Mm. And so we're reminded of what we read in the book of James. That's later on in the uh, New Testament, book of James, chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, the New, uh, new uh, International Version. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Joy, pure joy, comes from the trials of many kinds, from the testing of your faith, and that leads to perseverance. Suffering producing perseverance. Trials, suffering, leading to perseverance. And so um, I checked, I went to my friend Andrew Morgan, who helped us with our Memorial Day Remembrance. And we appreciate that. Thank you so much. And thank you for greeting everybody coming in. Um, but I said, Andrew, doesn't like boot camp, isn't that, you know, suffering and persevering, how does that connect? And so he's given me permission to share what he wrote. He goes, yeah, absolutely, boot camp is an excellent example. Generally, we're told and trained to suffer in silence, LOL. The mission, the enemy, doesn't care about how bad it gets, the conditions, etc. Mission accomplishment and getting everyone home safe is the ultimate goal. There is a brotherhood, a bond, camaraderie unlike any other that is formed through shared suffering. And I just had to pause at that. Isn't that true? When we suffer together, there is a bond that is formed. There's a shared bond. Knowing the guy or girl next to me is going through the same thing, feeling the same way, etc. You hate it when you go through whatever it is. Being hot, cold, wet. Wet and cold, which is the absolute worst. But you'll remember it always and often fondly down the road. I write thank you, and then he says, and another thing. And the little things tend to bother you less in life. Oh, the office is a little too warm, the waiter took too long, it's raining on Saturday. They just don't carry the same weight. And so, um, it's important. Suffering produces perseverance. Andrew, I know we're not supposed to thank you, but thank you for your service today as we remember. And I, I look at Stacy, and she always says, that's my Marine. And her Marine is also the son of Debbie and Ron Morgan and awesome kids. Thank you all for being here with us today. We really appreciate you. Perseverance is an interesting word. It's translated here in, in Romans from the Greek word hypomene, hypomene, which has several meanings, perseverance, endurance, patience, 
And, and here in Romans 5, depending on what translation you use, NIV, NLT, you know, all the different translations, it's generally um, pretty evenly divided between being translated as endurance and perseverance. But there's a huge difference in those two uh, words. It, it seems a mild difference, but actually it's huge, I think. Um, endurance tends to, in my mind, to be more static. Like just getting through it. I'm enduring. It's coming at you, so to speak. It's, it's, it's like you're standing here enduring, enduring. Uh, um, uh, it's bad, as you put up with something unpleasant or difficult, uh, to endure means to, to not, let so, not let something get the better of you, not let something get you down. Those of you who are graduating today, congratulations. And you know, you endured, right? Those classes, those teachers, those papers, that thesis, that dissertation. Yeah, you did it. You're here. But I think it was more than just enduring. Because enduring is kind of stepping back and I think you persevered. I think you persevered. You pushed ahead. You, 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 uh, there were times when you, you, you need to, to get through it, not wait for, not stand back, but you're pushing through those times of challenge that are difficult, that are unpleasant, that sometimes probably figured it wasn't going to happen, but you kept pushing. It's an active thing. And that's what we're talking about here. Suffering leads to pushing through something. But it's not automatic. It's not automatic. Suffering produces perseverance when we seek the strength of the Holy Spirit to be with us, to get through it. Because on our own strength sometimes, we are no match for the sufferings before us. Can I get an amen? But with the strength of God's Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit power, all things are possible. All things are possible. Always, always rely on God's Holy Spirit power to get you through to persevere. So suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character. Character. Character is more than just reputation. Reputation is what others see and think about you. Character is who you are when no one's looking. Character is uh, who you really are. Abraham Lincoln explained it like this. Character is like a tree and reputation like a shadow. The shadow is what we think of it. The tree is the real thing. Persever perseverance helps bring about character, pushing through, keeping on, not letting the suffering overtake us completely, not letting it get us down. And then we end up getting to the other side and, and making it, but we're changed, we're different. There's some transformation that can take place for the better, even. Character. Dennis Prager, he's a uh, talk show host, he says this about character. Goodness is about character. Integrity, honesty, kindness, generosity, moral courage, and the like. More than anything else, it is about how we treat other people. Character. So back to the Greek again. The Greek word here that's translated for character is the word dokame. 
dokame. Dokame is, it also means proof or test or to stand the test. When, when we have good character, we have stood the test. Does that make sense? We, we, we've stood the, 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 the test. We have shown proof that we are real, that we are good, that we are honest, that we are kind, that we are generous, that we have moral courage, that we treat other people as Jesus would treat other people. This is just a partial list of, of good character traits. Character is not a once-in-a-while kind of thing. It's not a maybe, maybe not kind of thing. It's not me pre- pretending to be something I'm not kind of thing. Character is real. It's the real you. And perseverance leads to character. Hanging in there when time gets tough leads to character. Keeping on, keeping on leads to character. Not giving in when the suffering is real. When the trials are more than we bargained for. Ever, anybody here ever had trials more than you bargained for? Amen, amen, amen. Time when it would have been easy to give in, to give up, it's hanging in and persevering. That brings character. Can we do that on our own? I don't know about you, but not likely. Again, it's that Holy Spirit power that that brings character out of perseverance, perseverance out of suffering. And Paul continues by saying that character leads to hope. Character leads to hope. The hope that Paul is referring to is a different kind of everyday hope that we talk about. You know, that everyday hope is that wishful expectation, a desire for something to happen. It may happen. It may not. We desire that it would happen, even though there is not an assurance that it will. Christian hope, on the other hand, is not just a desire, not a wishful expectation, but a confident expectation that God is faithful, that God will deliver the promises that God says God will. And that doesn't mean that our lives will be peachy and wonderful and everything will go our way. It just It's a guarantee absolute guarantee that he is with us through it. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And I don't know about you, but that gives me hope because I never have to face anything alone. Hope, Christian hope, does not involve wondering if something will happen. Christian hope is waiting patiently for it to happen. Here's what we find in the Old Testament. Yeah, in the Old Testament, this is what the prophet Isaiah shares with us. 40th chapter, verses 30 to 31. I love this section of scripture. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isn't that just awesome? This gives you hope. And later in the book of Romans, the same book we've been looking at today, 
chapter 15, verse 13, New International Version. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. As you trust in Him, the Lord, the God of hope. Trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's that Holy Spirit again. Power of the Holy Spirit. And that good character leads to hope. When we are honest and trusting and trustworthy and kind and generous and have moral character and all of those things that make up character, we know that God is a God who ultimately, God's character never changes. Same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. And God can be trusted to finish what he started, giving us hope in what he has told us will be. Romans 5, verses 5 through 8. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Can you say that last line with me again? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we're all works in progress, amen? All works in progress, each and every one of us. As we get closer to God, as, as we get closer to that person that God intended when he first thought of us. And step by step, from suffering to perseverance, to character, to hope, we know that God's love is being poured into the hearts through God's Holy Spirit. And the beauty is no matter where we are in this step-to-step progression to perfection, (laughs) Christ died for each and every one of us as imperfect as we are. Isn't that incredible? As as imperfect as we are, that's how much God loves us. Christ died for us, not in our perfection, but in in our imperfection. Thank the Lord. If, If we had to come in here without imperfection, I think this place would be empty, wouldn't it? From the stage to the seats... No one would be here. It'd be, and, I mean, if we were perfect, we don't need Christ, do we? Paul wants us to know that God does not demand that we have our lives all straightened out. Thank you, Lord. If you came in thinking you had to have your life straightened out, I think maybe you now realize, oh, thank you, God. I don't have to be all squared away before I come in. If you have any friends who are hesitant to come in because they don't have it all together, maybe you could explain to them what this place really is about. Because it certainly isn't that, is it? No. No. While we're 
Yet, sinners, Christ died for us, for you, for me. We aren't the finished product yet. We still have a long way to go. But see, the thing is, Jesus is finished. When he died on the cross, his last breath, he said, it is finished. Jesus is perfect. We don't have to be. His perfection carries us. He died so that we can be finished, too. All we have to do is believe. All we have to do is, is I think it's Scripture says, express with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Christ is the, uh, Jesus is the Christ. That's the Greek word that means the Messiah, which is the Hebrew word that means in English, the anointed one. The Holy One. And all we have to do is accept this gift of life that He just, well, He died to give us. This gift of life. And and all we have to do is say, thank you. That's what we're doing with our lives, isn't it? We're We're not living our lives trying to get closer because we can earn points. We can't earn enough points. But it's just saying, thank you, Lord, for the life you've given me, your life, so that I might live through eternity with you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm yours, Lord, and and I'm going to live my life boasting in the hope and the glory of God. That's the good news. That's the good news. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Most holy God, um, Wow, while we were yet sinners, Christ, you gave your life for us. That, that, just, that's just, that says the whole thing right there. While we were still in sin, you died to redeem us. You died to redeem that sin. You, you died to break that veil between us and God so that we might uh, live in eternity. Not something we can do, it's not something we can earn, not something we even deserve. But you love us enough to give your life for us so that, uh, so that we have that hope. And it's not a hope of maybe, could be, should be. It's that hope that says, I'm, I'm looking to God for what he has promised, and I know he's going to deliver. So we thank you, Lord. We thank you, praise you, and glorify your holy name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All those gathered here this morning said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the message from Connection Community Church. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, you can visit us on our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Thanks again for listening. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the new life he offers.